just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to be the shit. Everybody betrayed me. I fed up with this world. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Sean Haspel. Um, Hello. Allison could not be with us this week because she's currently working for the man. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, probably going to be a sad, sad pod. Um, like, what What the fuck? Like, what the fucking fuck? Sean Payton retired, like, literally out of the blue on Tuesday. I mean, there had been rumors circulating for about a week before that um but they were all from like the national blowhards and like the local beat reporters didn't seem to think there was uh any fire where the smoke was coming from and then sean payton pressed the red button and uh ejected from his position as head coach and uh not gonna lie sean this one this one hurts. Um, are, are you talking to me, Sean, or are you like speaking to Sean Payton here? Because it, I think that would actually work either way. We'll say uh, both. I'm talking to both of you, both my friend, okay. Sean, and my former friend, Sean. Hmm. Yeah, man. It, uh, it definitely is like a weird situation. Um, like you said, I mean, there have been like whispers of him wanting to leave or considering leaving on and off throughout his career and in New Orleans and so much of that. I mean, as fans, as Saints fans, we always kind of took all those reports with a grain of salt. Um, right. Not a ton of meat on behind the, the seemingly baseless speculation from national media. And like, for whatever reason, um, even like, even like down to like certain individual national reporters like seem to have like a weird um, almost like a fetish of wishing Peyton out, like wish casting him out of new Orleans and yeah. like even particularly towards Dallas. Um, there was that time in I believe it was after the 2015 season going into 2016 that um he he was considering uh, considering leaving, and, and that was our second uh, consecutive seven nine season. And uh, I believe it was the Niners and the Colts made a pretty strong run at him. Uh, but then he uh, he signed that big extension and um, gave that big press conference, kind of just prof professing his love for New Orleans, the organization, the fan base, etc. And uh, that was kind of enough to quell any any lingering fears we might have had for a while at least um and then it kind of picked up again uh the the chatter in the ether and um i don't know it 
it's 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 kind of weird. Like on one hand, I, I'm torn how I feel personally. Because like on one hand, if his heart wasn't in it, and by it I mean coaching here for this team, then we wouldn't want we there's no such thing as like a halfway good football coach. You're either all in or all out. And Peyton basically right. like you're, said you're that exactly right. at his press conference. Yeah. I mean he like he's a guy who burns the candle like famously at both ends, maybe even more than the average NFL coach. And like you have to be like a borderline sociopathic workaholic to be an effective um, NFL coach. And I mean, we'll talk about later in this episode uh, that might come at the expense of your personal relationships uh, with your own family. Um, but uh, Sean Payton lived that lifestyle um, for 16, I mean, not even counting all his years as a, as an assistant, but um, he, he, he rode the lightning as our head coach for 16 years and at like some pretty significant personal cost. Um, And uh, if, if he wasn't really fully committed to that and and did need a break, then, um, then, I mean, it's disappointing, but you can't really, blame him a ton on the other hand in his press conference he didn't really say that he was burnt out in the classical sense he even actually pushed back against that kind of characterization of his departure and i say departure because he's not retiring and he pushed back against that characterization as well he's stepping away and so you can read between the lines that he expects and Therefore, we all expect him to be back coaching a NFL team at some point in not I'm, – I'm very confident that he won't be coaching in 2022. Um, he's going to take a year away from the sidelines, presumably um, as either an in-booth or TV uh, studio analyst for one of the major football um football broadcasters. Uh, I know Amazon um, is, I believe, securing the rights to some games this upcoming season, and uh, they're going to be like balls out with their bid to secure some like primetime talent, um, whether that's Peyton himself or uh, poaching from the existing crews, the top crews. But, um, but uh, sorry, I'm getting off track, but he is, he's going to be a football coach again soon. Almost certainly. And, Depending, I feel like how I and a lot of our fan base will feel um, when that does happen is going to be like kind of circumstantial. If he like comes back in like 2023 to coach like the Cowboys and the Saints are bad, then we're going to feel pretty, pretty freaking salty about this, how all this went down. Yeah. If that he, if happens, he, the, uh, yeah. the, that big uh, monkey float in Bacchus will be dressed to look like Sean Payton. And yeah. People will be throwing booze <laughs> at it and he will be burned in effigy. Right. On street corners everywhere in new Orleans. If he waits a decade and comes back to coach like Justin Herbert and the chargers or whatever, and the saints have like been okay with their future coaching moves then he probably won't be reviled necessarily in new orleans so it's it's all projection at this point um but 
I, I say all that to say like, on one hand, yeah, we're wishing him like well and stuff and, and are like thankful for um, the, all like the, I mean, the winning and just the, the good memories, but also just like raising the standard, demanding a culture of excellence and helping create that culture um, in all his time here. Um, but also like, you're not crazy if you feel like he's running, if he, he's looking at the current Saints team, doesn't feel like it's a true championship contender and doesn't want to like be a part of that anymore. And he, as much as anyone like helped create that. So it's almost like he created something and is like, Oh, I don't like it anymore. And is like, like walking away from that and kind of passing the buck almost. I mean, yeah, not to, not to pile on, but like a, like a walking example of that is like Taysom Hill's contract. Like, Taysom Hill is a creation of Sean Payton for better and for worse. Yeah. And Taysom Hill is, he's done. Like he right. will probably never play quarterback for the saints. Again. Right. I right. Think that's I, mean, a safe yeah. assumption. I mean, maybe yeah. if Pete Carmichael sticks around, but like all those little Sean Payton pet projects, you can kiss them goodbye. Right. And like, there've been so many just like Sean moves and um, draft picks and and in 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 draft trades that are like purely a result of Sean Payton's ego for lack of a better term um I mean that the whole like Tommy Stevens like dick measuring contest with Carolina two years ago where we like wasted a draft pick just to like spite Joe Brady basically uh that was like thousand percent Sean Payton move and and it's like okay I mean it's again these are all like minor things in the grand picture but it just feels kind of gross that it's like, oh, the Saints like are have like a lot of work to do to get back in a true contention. But it's like, well, like, I don't want to be a part of them. It's like, well, you're the one who like put us here. So it's like, what the heck? Um, so yeah. so conflicted is all of that is to say that I feel like very conflicted about this whole deal. And as part, I mean, we'll get into this, but as I, I guess maybe this is just how I deal with like objectively bad and uncomfortable things. I like try to like co- compress those emotions, move on and like look towards the future and be like, okay, like how do we fix this? So I'm like gung ho looking forward to our like now like present coaching search and our moves to the future, thinking about all the hypotheticals there and then how that will translate into our personnel moves this off season. So um yeah it's it's a com- complicated time to be a Saints yeah. fan for sure there's we'll get into this in a little bit but like there's you're right there's definitely some excitement surrounding the idea of hiring a new coach and who which players are is he going to bring in what kind of player personnel acquisition philosophy will he have um so there's always a little bit of excitement that comes with a new beginning um yeah. but my like overall thoughts are a little bit more uh, on the other side of the spectrum from you. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, like we got dumped. Like this feels like we straight up got dumped. Yeah. Um, You know, I've been the dumper and the dumpy in my, my own personal life. Take a lot of dumps. Yeah. 
that I do as well. Um, mm -hmm. But <laughs> like this 90 minute, like self pleasure, masturbatory, like press conference <laughs> that Sean Payton had, like, it just felt like this softening the blow move made by him and the saints to like, Oh, let's yeah. like celebrate Sean Payton, even though he's basically just walking away from this team. When breeze retired, we saw the writing on the wall and it was kind of like, uh, you know, it's like when grandpa passes away, like he had a long, he had a good run, but it was yeah. time. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's just, like yeah, a, practically speaking, like, you can only physically play football for so long. Yeah. The, the physical uh, expiration date of a coach is like much, much longer until like they like start losing it in their head. But like theoretically Sean Payton yeah. could have coached us for another like 15 years. Oh. It's a different kind of grief. Like it's something was taken away before mm -hmm. you thought it was going to be taken away. Right. So there's a lot of anger that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it just it felt really out of left field because there had been no reporting anytime recently about him being unhappy. Um, right. And yeah, it's like as soon as Breeze goes, Peyton goes with him. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. <laughs> to like continue on your metaphor of being dumped, I, I guess it's kind of like at, since he hasn't gotten with a new team yet, I feel like we got broke. It's like, we got broken up with, but it's because he, he, he's like telling us that he is like, likes the other gender now and is like <laughs> dating like men or whatever. But like, if he like get, gets with another team, it's like, Oh wait, what the hell? Like, you, you know, well, I so, guess that's, that's my point about like the press conference is that yeah. it felt like the text you send where it's like, you know, I really enjoyed my time with you. It's not you. It's and, me. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to work. Like you're great. And I wish you well, but like, yeah. this just isn't for me. And, like I, I advocate like very strongly for like mental health, like mm -hmm. taking care of yourself and making sure that you make decisions that um, are good for you, even though sometimes they may be hard for others. And it's like, it, it can be true simultaneously. Like it is true that mm -hmm. uh, Peyton can like make these decisions for himself and that he's earned the right to do what makes him happy. Um, yeah. But it can also be true that like, we don't have to like those decisions. Yeah. Um, and the implications of him leaving are pretty potentially catastrophic for the franchise. Um, because with, 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 uh, with Breeze gone, Peyton is arguably the single most important person in the building. Um, mm -hmm. It sucks, man. It, I just, <laughs> when it happened, I was texting uh, Peter shouts to, Shouts to Peter, if you're listening. And I was saying, like, you know, I don't believe any of these Peyton rumors unless and until, like, a local beat reporter breaks the story. Because I don't trust Rappaport. Right. I definitely well, don't trust Florio. Sure <laughs> no. And, yeah, and then literally 10 seconds later, he texted me the tweet from Underhill mm -hmm. that Peyton was retiring. Right, right. And, I mean, I, I agree with you there. Um, but – my stomach dropped. My blood went cold. I had to go like walk away at work and like take a moment <laughs> to myself. I mean, it was truly, truly shocking. Yeah, I, I feel you. I was, I mean, I was like doing my work from home thing and got the text from I don't remember who sent it to me first, but then I like hopped. I had like been on Twitter and like was off for like a minute. Got the text and I hopped back on. I was like, oh, holy shit! 
this is happening. Um, and even Jim uh, Duncan wrote an article. That right. Hey, people saying that dunked on him. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. He took a lot of heat, a lot of heat for that. Um, man. Yeah. The whole mental health thing. It's, it's, it's tricky because I, I, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm a big advocate of uh, people doing what is best for their mental health. And especially in a industry that is like so mentally taxing, like professional sports and being a head coach of an organization like ours. Um, but it was Peyton himself who like kind of pushed back on that, uh, that he wasn't like burnt out. Like, I mean, maybe like more or less burnt out. And he, he really kind of pushed the narrative towards that. It was just time. And he wanted a new challenge. And like, that is, I mean, I guess that could make sense for him. And staying at a job for 16 years in as a head coach is rare and long. I mean, uh, if you like, I mean, like Parcells wasn't even ever even close to anything like that. Um, I think like Vince Lombardi was only with the Packers for like nine years for whatever reason. Like we collectively think he was there for like 40 years or whatever. Um, but I mean, I guess we see what Bill Belichick's done for these like two deck, like more than two decades now. Um, Mike Tomlin's probably not leaving the Steelers anytime soon. And it's like, why are like, like why, why couldn't Peyton do that? You know? And like, I mean, I definitely, uh, I vibe with that line of thought. Yeah. It just, it feels like he just doesn't love us anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's perfectly summarized by that. Uh, the, the clip that's become a meme from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will Smith's character is like getting emotional with uncle Phil talking about his birth, his, his biological father saying like, why doesn't he like want me? And like, why doesn't he love me? And like someone, tweeted that in reference to this Peyton situation. And I thought that like summed it up perfectly. It's like, and that's like our feeling as fans. And I'm sure that I'm sure the players feel that way too. And some, and some of his former assistants and, and Gail and the uh, Lausha, Mickey, the, everyone on airlines, like, why doesn't he want us anymore? We, it's not money. It's not uh, power and cachet within the organization. Uh, Cause he has all of those things more so than just about, any other coach besides Belichick in, in the, uh, in the NFL. So, uh, so the, yeah, that, so which like, if you're checking off all those boxes, like it's like, so he doesn't think we're good enough. Like, uh, and yeah, it, I mean, it's your analogy of, I guess, uh, a metaphor of us getting dumped. It, that's that's where kind of where that like comes to light it's like oh like we're not good enough like we're not hot enough or like whatever it is but um yeah you know one of the things one of the sayings in life that always chaps my ass yeah when i hear it is like oh it's not personal right well everything's personal i think every yeah everything is personal and you know there's there are some things that like you know maybe you get angry about it for five minutes mm-hmm. and then you move on or you know um but like this is like deeply personal yeah for the people of new orleans because the saints are such a an integral part of like our culture and who we are yeah and for someone to reject that after yeah. so long 
it feels, and then to hear all these reports, whether they're founded or not, that he's been trying oh. to escape for years. It something really does not sit well with me about all this. So is that, do you want to get into the, the Florio report? Yeah, we should. And like, okay. So basically <sighs> Man. like for those who don't know, for the 10 listeners, if three of you have not read this article, like he basically wrote on pro football talk that uh, almost immediately after the no call in early 2019, Sean Payton tried to leave. Um, and we had a deal worked out with the Cowboys and he would have been traded there to be the head coach. And when Anthony Davis requested a trade, um, I guess that was like in February of 20 or 2019. No, it was all, it was all like late January, 2019. Okay. Think, late January, 2019. I, yeah. So. Cause I think Anthony Davis's trade request was like January 28th and like we, uh, had, lo- we had lost on like the 20th, I think. Oh. Yeah. So Loomis basically vetoed that idea and said, I, I can't be responsible for blowing up uh, the new Orleans sports scene. Um, yeah. Personally, like I think the Florio story is just a steaming load of bullshit. The, there's no sources. He doesn't even mention having a source. He's been humping this Peyton to Dallas story for years and years and years. Um, but yeah. like, I don't know. In, in Nick Underhill's podcast this week, he just sort of nonchalantly mentioned that Peyton wanted to leave to go to LA in 2017. And he just sort of like stated it like it was a fact and that it was, it was known that Peyton had a desire to go after this job. Um, and, you know, some of these reports may be true. A lot of them probably aren't, but like this keeps coming up over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, what, how long was Peyton unhappy? Right. What What's going on here? Um, and it just, it's sort of like rubbing salt in the wound, I guess. Yeah. To have all these reports just suddenly resurface after we lose him. Yeah. And I, I, I can understand if he had been like burnt out and kind of at the end of his, like kind of feeling that, he had done all that he could and his message was lost on the, the team, the organization um, really at any point during those seven to nine seasons. But we've been legitimately a top three team in the NFL for the last five years. And the, the culture that, I mean, and, and you have to credit Peyton, like he helped, he found his like second act uh, in New Orleans and um, the culture that this team has had and I believe still like will have going forward is extremely strong and there's a ton of really talented players both veteran and young um, in this locker room that uh, make the idea that like he's been like looking for an out for the last like for at any time in the last five years like very suspect and if it's true that like definitely raises some major questions. Um, so I, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to have a logically informed emotional response when so many of the facts are conjecture, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I feel like yeah. if, if, if I was presenting like hard evidence that that Florio report was true, that would be like a legacy ruining thing, like piece of information for me about like Peyton and like totally color the era 
to because I mean, again, like I, I, this is all like alleged. If that was true, that would mean that in like literally within days of, of the worst moment in arguably Saints history uh, and the like psychic emotional just malaise that was all over like the fan base and like presumably the organization Peyton was like, well, time to get out of here and go to Dallas. Like, and so, which would have been like comically callous of a calculation for him to make. Um, so it's, it's almost like so egregious and flagrant that it like, I like can't logically believe that it's true. Um, Especially, especially because like that off season, he was the one banging the drum that like we have to change the rules and like all this stuff. Yeah. And, like I'm fighting the NFL, and so it just it's almost too ridiculous for me to believe. But um, yeah, it's it, it's that's just a microcosm of how I'm feeling about everything with this situation. Is like I don't really know how to feel. I don't know how to feel, and yeah, like it's that, and that is why I'm like trying to use my uh like move on to the things that we do know or like that could happen i'm like oh yeah. okay so if dennis allen is most likely to be the new coach then uh x y and z is gonna happen so um yeah man it's weird it's weird it's weird what just happened in the game i saw your face light up uh mahomes threw an interception to a defensive lineman and now the Bengals are in the red zone down eight um, near the end of the third quarter. So, uh, Okay. Well, we'll keep this game interlude in here as we briefly talk about fucking Eli Apple. Like what an yeah. idiot. Let's pivot to the old Eli Apple. Spe- speaking of like things that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. What the, what the fuck is this guy thinking trashing new Orleans, like literally out of the blue. It was, it was weird because I feel like saints fans generally were not that hard on him during his time here. No, um, he was a good cornerback until yeah, he hurt his knee. Right. Yeah. Before, before he got hurt, he was like a very solid number two corner and we paid, we didn't pay that much to get him. And like, he, it's almost like we like, did him a favor helping him rehabilitate his, his career and reputation among the league. Um, and we, we had had such bad uh, corner play opposite Marshawn for the previous couple seasons that he, he was like, yeah, like more than serviceable uh, option there. So, I mean, I don't think any saints fans were too upset when he went. And I also don't recall, I don't recall the exact dynamics like of the organ of, of his departure and if he was like wanting more money or if like the team like cut him unceremoniously, I don't, I don't remember just because, and, and that's like a perfect, uh, microcosm of the whole situation is that like, he was like kind of just like a nondescript saints player. And for him to just like come out of nowhere and being like, I don't like saints fans. Like what, what did we ever do to you, dude? It was just like a totally unprompted, uh, drive by trolling that like rightfully stirred up saints twitter and like and then he like like just kept piling on and on and on and like digging himself deeper and deeper um it was just weird a weird yeah. weird thing and uh like 
you've you've said uh, his presence on this otherwise like pretty likable Bengals team full of players that as Louisiana natives ourselves and most of Saints Saints fan fandom uh, was was pulling for like he makes his uh, being he makes like the Bengals like not that easy to root for. Um, yeah, I will never. I mean, I went to LSU. I love, love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. But as long as Eli Apple is on this team, I cannot root for them. And I will, I will root for their uh, demise in the playoffs. And I hope that only bad things happen to them today in the AFC championship. Like Eli Apple crossed a line that can never be uncrossed. Well, and it was like, even like weird. He was like, yeah, food in Louisiana sucks. Like who, like say what you like. Our home state has many issues, many issues, crime, education, infrastructure, you name it. But like um, the food is the one thing that you're just a big dummy if you hate. Um, Jamar Chase just had a sweet touchdown. Um, Bengals are now going to go for two to tie it up or try to tie it up. So, well, I hope um, they don't make it. And I hope uh, Apple is somehow responsible. He's already given up a touchdown today. Um, I did so. watch that for, for like five minutes while I was eating lunch. I happened to turn it on <laughs> just as Eli Apple got cooked on the goal line. And that was nice to see. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so let's, let's look, look ahead. Um, yeah. And talk about what, Peyton's departure means for the team moving forward. Um, man, I don't even like know where to begin here. You and I have pretty uh, divergent takes on the subject. Um, although I will say, I hope that you are right. Um, so I, I cede the floor to you. Yeah. So uh, one thing you, you, you said uh, in the immediate aftermath of Peyton leaving is that like Sean Peyton, like was our culture. And I kind of, my caveat to that is that he, he was our culture for a long time, but I, I think the culture that he helped build and I mean like largely he himself built is bigger than he being one man and will outlive him for some like for some time um and I think that I mean I think there's like examples of that in NFL history like the the Steelers weren't the Steelers until Chuck Knoll was there and then he left they handed it off to Bill Cower and like, he kind of just continued that Steeler culture. And then he handed it off to Mike Tomlin. I mean, obviously like there's no guarantee that like, we're going to have that level of like crazy organizational continuity, but the, the fact that he, he walked away from a team that had had five consecutive winning seasons, um, and then, like I mentioned, like so many like talented players and talented coaches too. Um, if a lot of those players and coaches stay intact, there's no like reason why we can't be at least a solid team 
with 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 areas that we need to improve going forward. But um, I feel like the culture is strong. And um, one thing that Peyton uh, really harped on in his in his uh, I guess you want to call it farewell presser um, is that one of the things that helped him succeed for so many years in New Orleans was the commitment and vision from the Benson, the Benson's in ownership, the um, uh, management of Dennis Lausha, and then the personnel folks led by Mickey Loomis. And we, and we've talked about this um, in our previous pods that the best kind, the single most uh, impactful differentiator of success or failure in professional sports is ownership, whether they're competent or incompetent. And the best kind of a competent sports owner is one who is wealthy and willing to spend their money um, on their organization with their sole focus being winning and not meddling, letting the personnel and uh, coaching folks do their jobs without impact. And that's uh, what Tom and Gail have been for the, the basically the majority of, of the last uh, decade plus, at least. Um, Peyton you know, said I would pr- say, yeah. just briefly, like, yeah. people, I think, it, because the previous uh, administrations, if you want to call them, like, didn't work out the way, like, Peyton did, uh, people's view of history is a little skewed. But, like, I think as long as Benson has been around, like, he has been, like, all in on, like, building a winner. And the Saints were super close to doing that with Mora and Jim Finks in right. the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, they swung for the fences with Ditka, mm-hmm. but that turned out to be a, a miss. That mm-hmm. was a whiff, uh, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Yeah, And, like, Hazlitt, like, wasn't that far from being good either. No. Um, like, a couple, like, eight and eight seasons in there. Like, there was, I mean, yeah, 2004, we, you know, it was basically, like, this year where we – we're in like a two or three way tie for the last playoff spot and lost out on it because of a technicality. And then we were one game away from making the playoffs in 2002. And obviously in 2000 had like the greatest season in franchise history up to that point when we Mm -hmm. won a playoff game. So like the, the Benson family has been like fairly consistent for the last like 35 years of ownership. Um, so I would say that the you know the culture has slowly been like snowballing over time, and yeah, we finally like won the lottery with Peyton, basically. Right. Yeah, and then couple that with um, Loomis and the the personnel guys. Um, Peyton Peyton mentioned it. Uh, you have to have organizational alignment from the top down, starting ownership, personnel, coaches, players. Every if everyone's pulling in the right direction, and this, this all sounds like silly because you would think that, yeah, yeah, of course everyone involved with a professional sports organization wants to win, but it doesn't always play out that way. And there's, there's not, not every team has everyone focused on winning. Um, and that's the culture that the saints have created. And um, I, I mean, I, I'm to bring it back to our original point. I believe that, that culture is in place um, 
without Peyton. Um, for, for now, I'm obviously the next guy, like the culture has to be nurtured over time. It's not like it's a, a moment frozen in time. It's not like a plaque on the wall that like the saints culture is going to be strong forever. Like it's it, the work is going to need to be done. But um, if the likely, if his likely successor pans out and turns out to be Dennis Allen, then um, there, I, I think there's no reason why he can't, like the culture can't continue. Um, and I mean, Dennis Allen would would probably have Pete Carmichael be the offensive coordinator. And those are two guys that have learned for Peyton for more than a decade each. And um, the front office looks like it's going to stay largely intact. So, and you still have the Benson's writing, writing the checks, like Peyton said in, in his time here, he, they've never said no to him. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, like I said, I like really, really hope that you're right. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want what I'm about to say to like come to fruition. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I do think that there is, uh, I, I think you're right about there being like a solid organizational culture that has been established, uh, since Peyton got here, you know, he raised the bar for success and yeah. the expectations of the fan base and everyone who works in the facility on airline drive. But I do think that there is an important distinction between organizational culture and the actual execution of the product on the field. That's and true. I would compare it to a film production. Like you can have a production company that does everything the right way, like knows where to look for talent, knows how to uh, set up a production and hire the right people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if the director isn't right for it, or if there's unforeseen circumstances, you know, you could end up making a stinker. And like, just because you've made a hit billion dollar film that won an Oscar before doesn't mean that your next film is going to be good. Yeah. And, you know, Peyton as the head coach is like the director, like the execution of the football product on the field is his vision. And yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and there's contributions from the defensive coordinator and from Pete Carmichael and like all these other places. But at the end of the day, Peyton is the one who's responsible yeah. for it. And there's a lot of things that are, that we're going to miss that are like of Sean Peyton's, you know, creative genius, his strategic genius, like his, all of his personal touches are gone. Like That's true. The small things and, like the decision to kick uh, an onside right. kick uh, coming out of the halftime of the Super Bowl, trailing Peyton Manning. Um, yeah. Like the idea, uh, and I'm not saying that it won't work out, but like my sort of gut reaction to like the idea of Dennis Allen or some internal candidate being the head coach is mm -hmm. like, it reminds me of when uh, Warner brothers let Christopher Nolan's director of photography make a movie. <laughs> they let this guy direct a movie. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was yeah. like a disaster. Mm. Um, like it looked good, but it just, he didn't have like the full global vision that someone like yeah. Christopher Nolan has. Like this sort of feels like, oh, well, you know, it worked before with these people. So let's make it again with everybody except yeah. for like the person who like came up with the vision to begin with. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's, let's make the Godfather four, but like, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, he's not interested in like having anything to do with it. Right. Um, so like, I guess my point is that 
while I do think it's very possible that the Saints continue to be good, and I hope that they will, and yeah. they could find the next Sean Payton or some coach that is a genius in their own way, but the possibility now exists that things will go in the opposite direction and yeah. they will miss on the next candidate. And more likely, like it's very, very likely that whoever succeeds Sean Payton is not going to be as successful as Sean Payton. That's true. And we need to prepare ourselves for that. Like a lot of people like love to throw out the idea of, of oh, let's have Eric the enemy, like new Orleans native Kansas city chiefs offensive coordinator come be the head coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that sounds great, but it also kind of sounds like fan fiction because he's never been connected to the job and he may not even want to be a head coach. Remember what happened the last time somebody tried to make a chiefs offensive coordinator, a head coach. Matt Nagy went and coached the Bears, and they're fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you've said three different things just there. Um, Yes, it's true that the uh, last Chiefs OC to be hired away um, got fired, uh, and Doug Peterson was in that same position as well. I mean, he did win the Super Bowl. Um, No, no. the enemy hasn't been connected to our job at any point yet. Um, but he definitely wants to be a head coach. I mean, he's interviewed for with eight different teams in the last like three years. So uh, he definitely wants to be a head coach and you can like why he hasn't gotten any of those jobs uh, is definitely up for debate. Um, there've been like reasons that he doesn't interview well, or there he does have, he had a few uh, problematic incidences in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, uh, that we can get into at a point later on if we need to. Um, and yeah, I suppose he just like doesn't interview well. And then there's also like racism potentially. So who knows, but, um, but, I, but going all back to all that, I, I do agree that it's no guarantee that our next head coach is just going to like keep the train rolling. And I mean, how many, NFL teams have had back-to-back Hall of Fame coaches. It's probably that hasn't happened that many times. Um, I mean, I guess like the Steelers have had three consecutive Hall of Fame coaches. Um, uh, but, and I guess the Cowboys going from Tom Landry to, um, oh my God, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson? Um, uh, but Jimmy Johnson wasn't there for very long. No, he wasn't. But he made the, he's, he's a Hall of Famer now. So, yeah. Um, but uh, ah man, yeah. So the odds are certainly against the the odds are that we won't have a Hall of Fame coach replace Sean Payton, like statistically. So, um, and I think the biggest problem is that potentially is that one thing that Payton unquestionably brought to us is his well founded and well earned reputation as a quarterback guru. Um, within our building, but also as his reputation around the league. And that particularly matters now because Saints don't have a quarterback. Um, uh, Jameis Winston is a free agent and is coming off an ACL. Uh, There's a few potential trade options, free agent options for us. Um, The draft is always an option, but we don't know who our next quarterback will be or where we're going to get him from. And not having Peyton as both the uh, selling point towards that candidate 
whether that if, if it was going to be someone from the pro ranks um, is a detriment to us. Uh, we've talked in previous pods about how we both are warm to the idea of Russell Wilson um, coming to the Saints via a blockbuster trade. Um, and there are some teeth to that uh, rumor per se, uh, because twice it's been reported that um, Russell Wilson would waive his no trade clause uh, to the saints among a handful, a small handful of other teams. And so, which would lead people and fans and NFL teams to believe that like the saints are a realistic option for him. That belief may or may not have been largely tied to Sean Payton's presence on our team. And now that he's not here, as much as I believe that uh, Pete Carmichael can execute the quote unquote Sean Payton offense um, in terms of game planning and play calling um, on game days, effectively and and do it well and i'm that's i mean that's obviously a a larger topic but i don't think he has the same cachet and gravitas that peyton did um again like both within the locker room in the organization and around the league with those guys that have never even played for him that guys like russell wilson be like damn i uh, i want to uproot my family and legacy from the only like region and organization I've known to go halfway across the country to play and trust my, the the second half of my potential hall of fame career to Pete Carmichael jr. You know? So, um, and maybe is that just because Pete's never had the chance? We don't know. I guess we'll have to find out, but that, that question mark is, probably the biggest thing that gives me pause going forward and would be the reason why I would want um, potentially the next head coach. If it's not, if, if Dennis Allen is not like a fait accompli, I would want a hot name offensive guy such as Eric Bieniemy, who has that clout around the league to come in, be the head guy with the big caveat that he would commit to keeping the defensive staff and players intact as much as possible. Because that, the defensive scheme culture and talent is not something that that the saints have put on the field the last three, two, three years is not something that should be messed with in my opinion. And no, um, I mean, it's a championship caliber defense as it stands. Right. Yeah, it is. Our defense the last couple of years has been, yeah, like you said, a championship caliber defense good enough to be, yeah, be a champion, the defense of a Super Bowl team. And like um, this defense ruined Tom Brady, made him yeah. look like a scrub. Right. Um, they made him look pre- like Garrett Grayson. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers week one, I mean, we saw it like multiple times and um, 
And that, and that was even with us, like not playing complimentary football whatsoever because the offense had so many issues this year. So um, the defense needs to be largely kept intact. And um, if, if we're able to thread that needle and pair this defense with a young offensive mind who's able to attract a big time QB, then man, that's like day one championship contention in my opinion. So, but I, I certainly think that it's a fine line to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I were Loomis and Lausha. Yeah. And I chose to keep Dennis Allen as the head coach. I think you still have to go for like a hot name as the OC just as like a, a quarterback's coach or like someone you can slide right. in as an associate, a quote unquote associate head coach. Yeah. There that's has true. to be something on the other side of the ball that attracts people here because we have nothing and we have a disgruntled wide receiver and Kamara is great and he loves new Orleans, but what if we really don't make any moves on offense? What if he doesn't like yeah. the new coach or the new offensive coordinator or whatever? And he starts making noise because he does strike me as the type of person who, would probably want to be somewhere else if yeah. they're not going to be any good. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It, I, I could envision a scenario and I think I've, I've seen some people on Twitter comment on this as well, that we, um, we elevate Pete. I mean, uh, sorry, we elevate uh, Dennis Allen. He kind of maintains the culture of his, and the staffing of his defense, but he shakes up the offense and, um, that would kind of suck for Pete Carmichael because he's been like such a loyal dude, um, for so long. And, uh, I, I do think he's capable. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't have any names per se of offensive guys who could come in and like run the offense, um, who would, would be like bona fide, no brainer upgrades over Pete in terms of like their abilities, but also that reputation to attract like big time talent that we've been talking about. Um, I think one of the hot names right now is uh, the Niners OC, that guy, Mike McDonald. Um, I don't know why. I mean, the only reason I could maybe see him potentially wanting to leave the Niners is that like, I mean, as long as Shanahan's there, like the offense is going to be like his baby. Um, but, uh, and like, maybe he wants to like spread his wings a little bit. Um, I, I love what they've done this year with Debo Samuel, making him like a versatile type dude. And I mean, I think Alvin Kamara playing in that role would be like pretty awesome. Um, but, uh, um, that, I mean, that might be a region. He hasn't been connected as of now, as of today, we're recording this, um, on championship Sunday. Um, the names that have been tied, to the Saints coaching opening are, like we said, Dennis Allen, um, former Saints uh, DB coach, uh, Aaron Glenn, who's currently the DC of the Lions, um, Jaguars OC, uh, Byron Leftwich, sorry, forgot his name for a second. Um, and he's the those, Bucks offensive coordinator. Bucks offensive coordinator. Did I say Jags? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. So former I bring Jaguars that up. Former Jaguars quarterback, right? Former Jaguars quarterback and potential future Jaguars head coach. But there's like some drama going on there. 
um, Byron Leftwich. Um, and it's interesting to bring up Leftwich to, to note that Leftwich, Dennis Allen, and um, Aaron Glenn are all clients of <laughs> uh, <laughs> like uh, like a incredibly powerful super agent uh, Jimmy Sexton and. He's it's always a leverage game with him uh, to help his clients uh, look better. So um, he's probably he probably set up the Byron Leverage interview to help kind of light a fire under the Jaguars asses a little bit. Um, and then the. Uh, oh, uh, Brian Flores is also apparently a candidate as well. So um, I'll pass so- on Flores. Not that I think he's a bad coach. I just think he'd be a downgrade from Dennis Allen. I, I agree that if I, which kind of like goes back to, I guess my previous point that if it's not Dennis Allen in the name of continuity, then, and, and I mean, he, he's, he's been a head coach before. So I think, I mean, I mean, he wasn't a successful head coach, but he ha- he has been in that chair. Um, if it's not going to be Dennis Allen, I think it should be an offensive guy and um, yes. left, which is the only offensive guy of that group. And it seems like he's not like a, real candidate per se. So, um, one so, thing I, who knows? I know we brought this up earlier, but like I, with regards to Eric B isn't it true that if the saints were to interview him, like it wouldn't happen until this week because they're still in the playoffs. Isn't there some rule about, uh, teams that are still in the hunt? They have to wait yeah, to potentially. I know they made some changes to that rule because it felt like it was punishing coordinators of good teams. Um, and I think, yeah. Well, because I know the Ram, the Rams uh, OC is getting some interviews, Kevin O'Connell. So I don't know. But I mean, I mean, obviously like after today, like these guys will all be free to interview um, right. with the week off for the Super Bowl. So it's kind of a moot point. Um, I don't think any of the saints interviews have actually happened yet. I know the Aaron Glenn interview is happening in mobile, the senior bowl, especially with, I mean, saints brass will be there uh, scouting. Then the uh, Lions uh, coaches are there coaching uh, one of the two teams. So um, and I don't know if any of those other interviews have happened yet. I don't believe they have. So there's definitely time. Um, and uh, there's like five or six other teams with openings right now. Um, none of the guys who uh, have been hired by other teams are guys that I was really like interested in from the Saints perspective. So like, I think in, in terms of timing, I think we're the Saints are in like a fine place. Um, I know the timing of Sean Payton's announcement. Uh, some Saints fans were like, mad about that um saying he like put us behind the eight ball and like yes and no. yeah i don't um, i don't agree with that that take like like you just said uh, mm-hmm. the in terms of like the hiring coaching carousel i think the saints are fine and yeah like you said i have faith that they'll go about everything the right way it's just yeah like, the reality of the coach with like the most swagger ever who was a genius yeah. Did so much for us just walked out the door and you know i'm butthurt about that oh yeah no man i i can't tell you like i i i'm i'm hurt by it too for sure um it's i can't can't tell you how to feel but uh yeah just i guess you're just trying to got to focus on the future and all uh 
what happened what happens next you know i mean it's it's the it's the nfl it's sports there's there's always another season yep um, and we will have one hell of an off season we will ahead fun times all right we ran really long so we should probably wrap this up um yeah. we uh, apparently have a new sponsor it's maker's mark so okay. sean uh would you like to improv a maker's mark ad read yeah maker's mark the fine whiskey for the next head coach of the new orleans saints who will attempt to make his mark on this now proud franchise and its beloved fan base maker's mark Drink wow maker's beautiful mark. beautiful as always and uh, thank you, you know if you're sad like me, you know, you can always drink an entire uh, fifth of Maker's Mark by yourself because Sean Payton dumped you. Yeah. All right. Well, for Sean Haspel and Allison Whitlock, I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS. Until next time, who dat? Who dat? <laughs>